It's a gospel on the radio talk show. A show about dreams and visions and a church that is indeed triumphant, alive, and well. For the church triumphant is alive and well. Hello, Tallahassee. This is the Gospel on the Radio talk show. I'm Pastor Jack King. I am your host. And as I say, this is a show about dreams and visions and a church triumphant, alive and well. We talk about the church and what God is doing in his glorious kingdom. This is show number 1000 today. And I've uh, been doing this since about 2002. Had a few folks on the show, and perhaps maybe you're the next, because if you're involved in Christian ministry, I want to hear all about it, and this is your opportunity to come and share your ministry and your passion on the radio. So call me, area code 850-567-1703. I have a few rules on the show. We don't talk sports, politics, or doctrine, but we do always speak well of one another. And I have a gentleman back in the studio with me. It's uh, several shows now. And uh, he's a most unusual missionary. And he's been doing mission work for about 25 years. His name is uh, Brother David Geiger. Brother David, welcome to the show. Thank you, Pastor Jack. Now, you just recently got back from another one of your uh, adventures, (laughs) for lack of another Mm. word. Tell us where you went to. Went to the south, the country of South Africa. South Africa, but now you keep talking about is it Vanuatu? That's a place you you have been. That wasn't this right. time. Right, that's an island group, kind of northeast of Australia. Okay, okay. now what makes you to, to do these things? I mean, what is the, what is your motivation? What's, what's what's the calling in your heart to make you go do what you do? It's kind of funny. I had read a scripture where Jesus told about two men building houses. And the one man built his house on the sand, and the other man built his house on the rock. Right. And when the flood came, the guy whose house was built on the sand washed away, and the other guys didn't. And he said, well, what the difference is, is the man that built his house on the rock heard my sayings and did them. Mm -hmm. The man that built his house on the sand only heard the words, but he didn't do them. Didn't act. So I decided years ago, when I read something that really hit my heart in the New Testament that Jesus said that I would not only hear it, but I'd do it. And Jesus said in one place, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Well, I'm not a trained pastor. I never went to the Bible school or anything like that. But I thought, well, I'll just do it. I'll just start going on international trips and bringing ministry materials and spreading the gospel of Jesus. And that's been 25 years ago. 25 years. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, so how do you start off doing something like that? I mean, you, how do you determine where you got to go? Well, it, it uh, you almost have to know somebody that knows somebody. Okay. So I knew some missionaries, and I said, well, I'm going to go to Vanuatu, as you mentioned. And I said, do you know anybody there? And they said, oh, yeah, we've been there. We know Pastor so-and-so. And Gave me his email, and we kind of corresponded and set up a trip, and that's now, kind of how it happens. Okay, how did you even know about Vanuatu? Well, I had done some research about islands in the Pacific. That was yeah. one place I was really interested in going, and 
come to find out this missionary that I knew also they had been going to different island groups in the Pacific so we just hit it off that way and uh, the missionary that you knew did you know him through church or did you just meet him I, I had met them in a uh, in another ministries conference okay so that's and so you just kind of connected and kind <clears throat> right. of had kind of kind of had a kindred spirit and, and right uh, and so uh, they said hey uh, yeah, come on. So, so did you actually go to where they were? Yes, I okay. I met with their pastor, and we went to some real remote islands and back and, back off the beaten path. Okay, so that, so that was the first one in Vanuatu. No, well, that wasn't the first one, but uh, it was it was uh, one that I've been to about. Seven different times, so it was a it was one of the favorites. Unless you've gotten to know it has become near and dear to your heart. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now when you went to the first time, and we're going to get to current day, but right. when you first went, what did you do? Well, the first time I went, I was going to a conference in South Africa, by the way, and I had uh, bought a bunch of the materials of that conference and just wanted to distribute them out in the boonies and so met some local people at the conference and we went out and okay kind of spread the gospel so so you had uh, were the books and bibles or right so you knew about the conference mm-hmm. and so you went there intentionally to attend this conference this is right and what was it that drew you to that particular conference well it was just a uh, i don't want to mention the name but it was a well-known ministry okay and, and he, he was having a convention in South Africa, and I thought, well, great. I'd like to visit South Africa and go to the convention. Okay. <laughs> so uh, out of that, there's probably quite a few people from a lot of different places that, right. that were there. Right. Were you able to make other contacts? While you I were was. And a, and a little funny anecdote was I had wanted to go to a game park and see wild animals and take pictures. So I told the Lord that's what I wanted to do. And in one of the first meetings, a guy behind me that was a local introduced himself and said, what are you doing after the convention? And I said, well, I'd like to go to a game park. And he said, brother, I live <laughs> right on the border of one. And, oh, my. And he had me come stay at his house for five days and oh my gave me a three-day private safari. Through wow. The game park. Wow. Well, now, did he work there or something? Or was he just, just No, favorite? he just lived there. He lived there. On the border. And yeah. so I guess because he had connections with the people in the reserve, they, they allowed him to come in? Well, we had to pay just like anybody. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. but he'd probably been there enough. He yeah. he knew his way around. Yep. What kind of animals did you see? Oh my gosh, lions and elephants and zebras and giraffe and just about everything. Okay, now you're able to drive in in, in the, this place? particular one's called Kruger Park, K R U G E R, and you can actually self drive through it very very slowly. And they even have some uh, lodges that you can stay at in the park. So now, do you get out of the car? Are you allowed to do that? Uh, no, not no. unless you're in your uh, accommodation. You okay. Because <laughs> there's lions, <laughs> in, the, thinking, there's lions in the bush. <laughs> right. right. I'm thinking, probably don't want to do that. No. <laughs> but but I guess the lions and the animals, they're so used to people driving through, they don't respond much to them? No. In fact, it's kind of interesting. There'll be a lot of dense brush and you're going maybe 20 miles an hour, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, comes a herd of elephant right in front of <laughs> oh, you really? across the road. 
Oh, that'd be worse than having a deer running from you. Mm, you don't want to hit one of those. <laughs> I mean, it's just all of a sudden they're just there. They're just, just there, like when a, yeah. when a deer goes across. So you just have to break and. Yep. Oh, wow. Yeah, you hit a, an elephant. I think that elephant's going to win. Probably. <laughs> okay. That's amazing. Mm. So, so you're able to just drive through and just look and observe and yep. guess, take pictures. Take through, a lot of pictures through the window mm-hmm. of your car. Wow, that's an amazing thing. Let me ask you this. Where did your uh, passion for photography come from? Because you take a lot of pictures. Yeah, when when I was a child, my dad uh, was really into photography, and he taught me and my sister. And Okay. We got bit by that bug. Sure, sure. Now, but now you've seen that change a lot over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, because you've been doing photography ever since I've known you. Right. And they, do you do, because you do black and white too. Uh, not much lately. Yeah. But, uh, but you, I've seen I have uh, done pictures black of and black white. and white. Yeah. Now, did, did you develop those yourself? Did you learn to do that? Some I did and some I okay. had it done professionally. Because yeah, that's what I, what I did in the Navy. I was a, a photographer. Oh, wow. And of course, most of it was black and white in those days because mm-hmm. we were taking pictures of airplanes and all that kind of stuff. And, and I learned how to do all the developing and all that kind of stuff. Spent hours and hours and hours in a dark room mm-hmm. doing, doing this. As a matter of fact, an interesting story. I worked in a dark room with this guy named Ralph. And Ralph um, was not a believer. Mm-hmm. and uh, But he had a brother that also was on the ship who worked in the uh, resting gear up on a flight deck. And so I would go to church on Sunday, and then I would come and I would tell Ralph everything that happened at church and tell him about my experience with the Lord and all that sort of thing. For some reason or another, it never really struck. Ralph just never responded to it, but he told everything to his brother, mm. and his brother came to faith. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so Ralph was kind of the filter mm. <laughs> through it. But, you know, you're, you're there for hours and hours and hours in a dark room with this guy. You're just talking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, So anyway, that's just my little story there. So, so you were, had already gotten into photography, so this just worked real well. Right. You're going to these different places, and you're mm-hmm. taking pictures of, of of the people that you see, because you're seeing things that most people in America never see. Right. Okay. So your first trip was to South Africa. You went mm-hmm. to the conference. You met the man. You got to go to see the game reserve, and you were passing out materials but i would imagine you learn a lot from that experience didn't you yeah i did that's kind of kind of helps set things up for a time to come mm-hmm. now let's go back to to this last and we'll flip back and forth here so right what did you do at this on the last trip that you went to well um i'll back up just a little bit when i first started uh doing these trips i wanted to get the bible in the people's local languages because a lot of them didn't have the Bible in their right. language. And so I started getting with cassettes, cassette player, and then later digitally, and then uh, uh, solar panels for both, because I go out in the bush sometimes and there's no electricity, so they need to be able to play it. But I started di- distributing the New Testament uh, in these villages, and then about 2017 or 18. I bought a, a battery-powered outdoor projector and screen, and I don't know if you've heard of the probably the Jesus movie oh, yeah. made, sure. made back in the 70s, I think, and that's been translated into about 300 different languages. Wow. And so there's about 11 official languages in, Austra- in uh, not Australia, <laughs> in South Africa, so I got the chip with, okay. with it in about eight different languages, and so... We started taking this 
projector and movie and and doing outdoor uh, presentations at night and whichever language area we would be in we'd just play the movie in that language like that's uh, amazing and swazi like near yeah amazing technology Mm. to be able to do that okay wow so we jump it in a bush. I mean, how yeah. far out are we talking about here? Well, I say in the bush, but it's a uh, real rural area. Okay. You know, you may drive an hour down a pothole dirt road to get to a, a village. Right. And then set up and play it outside. Now, when you get there, are these people expecting you? Or are you just showing up? We do uh, some legwork like that. Like, we'll get musicians to come and get plastic chairs for okay. people to sit so, on. So you're actually setting up a meeting. Right. And, and kind of like a church service. Right. right. In a way. And so you're going there. You're having music. You're having a uh, they have food. Do they bring food? Uh, snacks. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're talking about snacks there. That's not like snacks here, is it? Well, unfortunately, it is. Okay. I've had some food there that's been very different. But. Right, right. Okay, okay. So so you're actually going down to these different places. So who's setting these meetings up for you? Well, I have a, <clears throat> I have a local pastor that I deal with that's bilingual, speaks okay. my language and the local languages, and he sets up the groundwork for us. Okay. And then I have a translator when I get up to talk, and sometimes two translators because it'll sure. be two language a- been down that areas. road, yeah, yeah, yeah. But now this pastor that you met, did you meet him at the conference that you went to? No, but it was like a friend of a friend, okay, kind of a thing. So that conference, going back to that, that really was a catalyst that helped, to, yeah, to kind of get things rolling as you were progressing along in the ministry that God's called you to do. Yeah. Now, when you went back this last time, was it near the same areas as the conference was? Uh, no, but um, we were, the conference was in Johannesburg, a major city. Okay. But the areas that I've been drawn to are very, very rural away from any major city. Okay. Now, are these safe areas to go to? Well, I've never felt endangered so I I claim Psalm ninety one and the Lord's protection, and I've ne- never been there uh, in danger. Of, one time I was in a remote island in Vanuatu, and I kind of got shanghaied for a while. Oh no! Wait, wait. You can't just uh, you can't just use the word shanghaied and leave us hanging here. We we, we got to know about this. Uh, well, in that case. Um, I was I flew into this outer island and I had already made arrangements for a certain guy to pick me up to take me to my hut. And so when I got off the plane, this guy approached me with a, a pickup truck and I said, "Are you Calros or whatever?" Right. The name was. Oh yeah, yeah, I got my stuff and threw it in the back of his his vehicle and then going down the road I thought yeah, this this isn't the right way <laughs> right. you know and, oh, I, and fortunately I had a cell phone uh-huh. and called my contact and said um, I think you know I got hijacked or something oh my goodness <laughs> and what had happened was uh, this guy that shanghaied me worked for another accommodation place accommodation is a very fancy word there it's like huts right but anyway he he thought he'd just shanghai me and take me to his 
place and I'd have to pay him. Oh, so, so he wasn't going to do you any harm, per se, maybe to your bottom financial He just wanted my money. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so your your contact came and got you and rescued you? Yeah. Okay. I, I made the guy stop the car uh-huh. and wait until my guy came. And, and, he, and he did that? Yeah. Wow. But now, that could have been a real bad situation. For, fortunately, there was no bloodshed in that yeah, yeah. instance. Yeah, because I had a similar situation like that in Africa in Ghana where I'm in a group. We're just standing there in a group. Just We've just gotten there, and we met the, the our, our host, and he was talking to our leader, and they were just all in this group, me and the, the four guys that all went. But I'm on the edge, and this guy comes up and taps me on the shoulder, and he's got a, a badge, and he's got some kind of shirt on. He says, come with me. And I couldn't get the, the host attention, and I'm going, I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and it was a kind of a tense time. Finally, I just yelled mm-hmm. out. I said, hey. And they, then the, the, the field director, he just turned around and just, get out of here. And the guy just left. But yeah. I don't know what that guy had in mind. Because so, when you go to these places like this, yeah. and, and you're alone, I mean. It's kind of like the Wild West yeah, in certain places. Yeah. Heavenly yeah. Father, please watch over and protect me as such. And I, mm-hmm. I told David last time when he, when he was going, I said, okay, I'm going to be your, your prayer support back <laughs> home. And I pray for you every day when you were there. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, because I said, he goes in some crazy places. Because you've had some times, then you've told me some of these stories, where you've gone in some of these remote islands that you've gone in some pretty remote places and had some yeah, some stories here. <laughs> well, and a thing about some of the islands is a lot of people don't know there are people that live in uh, situations like cavemen, so to speak. Even wow. even today, they wear the men wear a loincloth or sometimes leaves, and the women wear a grass skirt, and that's it. And everybody goes around barefoot and lives in grass huts, and they have village law. You know, there are no police or anything like that. So Wow. And you went there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, tell us about one of them. I mean, t- well, t- tell us a story. <laughs> okay. Okay. Here's a story. Uh, I, I Before I went, I knew these people, they didn't have any clothes. And so I had, I drew out some patterns and had a lady make some loincloths out of yeah. fabric that I took with me. So I ended up giving some clothes to these people that were going around men especially wearing barely enough leaves to well not even enough to cover themselves but i was giving these people i met these loincloths and the next year that i came back we're driving down the dirt road and all of a sudden i see a guy walking down the road pushing a wheelbarrow wearing a loincloth that i had (laughs) made (laughs) slam on the brakes and Realize who he was, but it was kind of funny. Right. Was that the time when you were taking the uh, electronic uh, things? Right, right. And this is where we needed solar power ones because it was way, way back in the in the bush, so right. to speak, in jungles, and people didn't have electricity. But, uh, did, did they even have enough knowledge to even understand the technology that you were bringing them? Yeah, uh, cell phones have just gotten about everywhere now. Really? And, and if they didn't have a cell phone, they've seen one. Okay. Uh, but 
they hadn't seen a lot of people hadn't seen a white man before and that was interesting too uh-huh. that, uh, children in some of these villages would just run away you know because they had never seen a white person yeah that would be understandable yeah. it's a totally different environment for them to, to see somebody new or the, mm-hmm. a different color or whatever but now so they so they had the, the ability to understand the cell phone yeah because uh, I'm, I'm trying to in my own mind try to picture it, just how remote are these people very as far as outside yeah. contact with the world one one instance in vanuatu and one of the islands um we had been going to all these uh quasi little churches to distribute these players and i said well you know i want to go someplace that's not already uh gospelized or right. whatever i said right, let, let's go somewhere else and the guy said well there is the village of the wild men. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I said, okay, let's go there. <laughs> and we get uh, to this place where all these um, huts are built up on stilts, you know, about 10 feet in the air. And there's a group of men, maybe about eight or 10. And when they saw a white man <clears throat> come up in this truck, they just ran. You know, I don't know what if they thought I was going to eat them or what. But anyway, the guy I was with went and got them back, assured them it was okay. And they all sat down in their loincloths under this uh, banyan tree. And over there, they carry machetes, all of them. Uh-huh. It's just like an extension of their arm, and they're uh, agricultural kind of people, so they're using it all the time. So they all had their machetes out, and we were showing them this New Testament player and showing them how to use it. And I thought, you know, something is wrong here. They're all sitting down there, and and us two are standing up here. And so I think the Holy Spirit told me, well, just go sit down in the middle of them. So I just went right into the middle of these guys, just sat on the ground with my New Testament player, and I was showing them how to work it. And the very fact that I came down from standing up and just sat with Uh them on the dirt, wow, it's like, all the machetes got put away. The ice was broken. The uh, walls came down, and they just they welcomed me. You know, they were all wow, all, all, wow. all over me, yeah. learning how to use this player, and probably never had heard the gospel before. Huh. But but so it's so a non-threatening pose yeah. that, that you took. Yeah, just kind of relieved the tension and and the. the uh, but yeah. now, okay, so you're gonna show them this this machine, right? And and. Somebody among this group is going to be the one that's going to learn how to do this. Right. Now, how complicated is it? It's not. It has buttons. Uh, you know, you can push forward and backward to choose the chapter and, you know, turn it on and off and turn the volume on, basically. So now when you turn this on, they begin to listen. Did they have any familiarity with it at all? I don't think so. But they caught on real fast, uh-huh. you know, because... When it would go to a new chapter, it would say like Matthew chapter 8, Matthew chapter 9 as you went forward. And they would start repeating Matthew oh, really? chapter in their language. You now, know. now, this all developed in this one setting? Yes. Really? Yeah, it all happened within a space of about an hour. Is that right? Yeah. That's amazing. And it was so uh, fulfilling not there, but a different uh, island that we had to actually walk, hike by foot over jungle mountains to get to these different villages. And after I gave them this uh, player, you know, and we hiked back through the mountains, it was, I can't even tell you what it did to me, but to hear, 
over the mountains the gospel being played in their language you know kind of echoing wow. through the mountainside it was just that is fulfilling it's amazing because yeah. uh here are people who would not have heard otherwise if it had not been a time in your life when god just said something i want you to do and you just responded to it and of course Anybody who ever, has ever listened to this show knows I'm all about the dreams and the visions and the stories of faith and how that I tell people, I said, how do you launch a dream? He said, you put one foot in front of the other and God leads. Yeah. And, and that's the story you're telling us now. You just heard from God and said, well, I don't know how to do this, but God, I'm willing. And God's looking for the willing. Yeah. <laughs> and that's really, uh, really came home to me on this last trip was we met with a bunch of pastors for a lunch. And the guy that has been helping me just kind of offhand said, you know, most of these uh, started churches from your initial showing of, oh the, my Je- goodness. of the Jesus movie. And I had no idea, you huh. know, that a number of churches sprang up from showing the Jesus really? film in these remote areas. Now, I'm, I'm curious about that. Okay, so would this just be like an individual that would kind of take the role of a pastor? How how did that happen? Well, um, when we'd go to these remote areas, uh, there weren't many buildings big enough to hold a crowd, so we'd just show it outside, set up a screen like in somebody's yard. And people from that village would, you know, hear it and see it, and they'd come and, and watch it and listen. And I guess a number of them showed enough interest you That's know, amazing. Uh, so, do, do you give a gospel invitation? I do, and I do it uh, differently. And that's just me. A lot of uh, churches today will ask people to, do you want to receive Jesus? You know, raise your hand and then stand up and come down front. Well, I didn't want to leave anybody out. And so basically what I'd say when we got to that point is I, I, I'd say, I know some of you have already said this prayer, but we're all going to say this out loud. Okay. So I didn't give them a choice to back out. Okay. okay. And so we'd say the prayer to uh, acknowledge that Jesus died for their sins, and they don't have to pay anything or do anything to earn it. They just have to receive it. And so we'd all, I'd, I'd say the prayer, my translator would say it, and then they'd repeat after the translator. And so as far as I know, everybody in the crowd accepted Jesus right, as their Savior. Right. But uh, did these people before you came have any knowledge of Christ? I mean, there are churches in some yeah. of those areas, but I can't really say if the church was a, a Christian church. And some areas that you go to, they have uh, Christianity mixed up with you know witchcraft and all kind of stuff sure. that's yeah. it's there's no longer the gospel right you know it has a religious feel but it's not the real gospel but, uh, is there a, a muslim influence in all these areas um some but it, it, where i was going it wasn't that okay. that so prevalent. basically they are not really anything as far as faith Probably, yeah. Wow. So, so you're 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 bringing the light into the darkness, as such. Yeah. And it's just amazing, though, that this film has such a a, a draw. It does because it's been around for a long time. Yeah, and the quality of it, the the picture is not you know up to today's uh, quality, uh-huh. but uh, 
since it is in their language, it's very instantly attractive to them. Yeah, well, how how used to are they to this type of technology? Is it they're right? not. They're so, not. So the movie theater, the, the screen, and the projector, this is all new to them. Well, they, they've probably seen people that had a television, you know, so they've seen that. But to see it presented that way, or when I was taking these New Testament solar-powered players, they'd keep commenting, we've never seen anything wow, like this. Wow, Now, the, the Jesus movie, who, who did that originally? I think it was Campus Crusade for Campus Christ. Campus Crusade. Yeah. They're not called that anymore. They've changed yeah. their name. But are they the ones that were, was responsible for getting it done in the different languages? Uh, I think there was another group that uh, dubbed it in okay. different languages. And basically, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but it's basically just going through the story of Jesus. Right. It's from the Gospel of Luke, and they take different scenes from that uh, book, and so they'll, you know, show him raising Lazarus from the dead, okay. or or you know, healing a person with leprosy, or you know, and and then uh, of course being crucified and raised from the dead. Wow. I mean, it's just amazing. It really is. Mm -hmm. the, the something that was done that long ago still has the impact that, it, that yeah. you're talking about here as you're taking it yeah. to these different remote areas. Yeah. And, and uh, somebody else has come along. It's, like, it's kind of like what the Scripture says, one uh, planet, another water, yeah. and then somebody else is re reaping the harvest. Yeah. But you're using this to go touch people in these re remote areas of the gospel. And as a matter of fact, you know, the scriptures that we have now have been around for thousands of years right and they're still impacting society it's the number one book that's sold year after year after year but it's interesting how i take these new testament players or whatever and i don't have a fear of leaving them with the people even if there's no pastor you know i may just leave it with the village chief right you know who plays it every week but i don't fear that they won't be able to comprehend it because to to do so would to be to shortchange the Holy Spirit's using God's word to affect their hearts. Wow. Now those machines, is that the right terminology? A machine, right? Solar powered New Testament players. Where did they come from? Uh, well, the first ones I got were uh, different companies produced them, but the first ones I got were. Uh, cassette players and it actually had a, a little winding thing you okay. know you could, you just wound it instead of batteries instead of batteries yeah. so you could take it into the jungles and so forth and then they came out digitally and they had a solar panel first as a plug-in and then later uh, as part of the machine but different companies uh, renew r-e-n-e-w if somebody wants to google that uh, Hosanna, Faith Comes by Hearing, huh. uh, has those available. And you can order them and order them in certain languages if you're going to wow. take wow. your own trip to So how did wherever. you even know they existed? Had you heard about it or somebody told you about it? No, I didn't know they existed. And I, I just started searching the Internet and found some crude ones at right. first. And then they've gotten better and better over the years. But are you still doing that? Yeah, I haven't done it lately. I've been concentrating on this Jesus film because right, right. we reach so much more people at one time. Right, right. 
Yeah, because I remember you telling me that there were some uh, issues with some of the patents and things on some of right. these things that makes it a little bit more different, a little bit more difficult to get yeah. your hands on, on them right. to be able to take them. But uh, you're doing all this at your own expense. Right. I mean, you're, you're not yeah. a, a supported missionary by no. no agency or anything like that. This is no. just what God says laid on your heart right. uh, to do these things. You are a businessman. Yeah. And uh, so you're taking what God has blessed you with and taking it to these places. And, right. And uh, now, what about the the flights nowadays? I mean, things have changed. Uh, is it now affordable? More affordable? Worse? Uh, well, it's gotten more expensive uh, to fly around the world. You know, <laughs> the other side of the globe and back. Sure. And then sometimes uh, domestic flights. You know, because you'll usually fly into a city, right? And the remote places may have a, a small plane that would get you close anyway. So do you have to have all of this arranged before you go? Yeah, I pay for it in advance. Uh, so yeah. you, okay. So so you're paying for the flight across the pond. Yeah. Right? So once you get over there, you've got more flights. Yes. Yeah. And so all and of that then, has been prearranged. Then vehicle transport and. Now, do you have that arranged foot. too? Yeah, most of the time I do. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, time. and where do you stay? Well, I've stayed in hotels. I've stayed in people's houses. I've stayed in. Literally grass huts. If you if you're in my era, you remember Gilligan's Island. Oh yeah, and it, it, yeah. it's just a grass hut. Yeah. You know. Well, I've seen grass huts. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they still exist. Yeah, yeah, they do. I've seen them. But uh, uh, matter of fact, I remember going to this one place there in uh, Ghana, and it's a huge one. I mean, and there were several people, families that lived there in that one one hut like yeah. that, and it was very well built. Huh? Yeah. But they they tell me that. That some of these bamboo roofs are like the last fifty years. It's just amazing, uh, and you know these are not people with high tech, yeah. But they know to do what do they do, yeah. And they've evidently they've perfected it as such, yeah. And it's just amazing that people live and survive, yeah, in these primitive ways, even in here in this modern day. Yeah, there are people still out there living in all these places yeah. like that. And uh, brother David, he's a Tell me where they are and I'll go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you've just tuned in, this is an amazing story. Uh, this is the Gospel on the Radio talk show. I'm Pastor Jack King. I am your host. I get to do this every Sunday morning. We come on at 8 o'clock here on 94.1 every Sunday from 8 to 9. You need to join us. But uh, one of the things that I like to do, uh, kind of break things up just a little bit here, play a little gospel music for you. And this is the Booth Brothers. Called Love Was in the Room. Love was in Number one song in the countdown on the gospel on the radio, actually the Saturday Night Gospel Sing last year. I like the Booth Brothers, and I like that song. And somehow or another, that just seemed to fit, Brother David, with uh, you go to these places and you're just sharing the love of Jesus. The love is in the room. If you'd like to listen to this show again, it will be on the podcast. It's show number 1,100. And you're probably going to want to share this with a friend because this is a this is a great um, 
just a great show in the aspect that uh, we're hearing something that you don't often hear <laughs> of a man with just a faith and courage and said, God, just you lead me and I'll, I'll follow. I am the pastor of Freedom Road Christian Ministry, 720 Capital Circle Northeast. We're in the Crescent Park Plaza. Love visitors. Why don't you come worship with us today? You've got time. We don't start until 11.05. you got the time this show's over. You'll have about two hours and five minutes to make it. I think you can do it. <laughs> so come and enjoy um, a good time of worship. FRCM.us is the website if you want to check that out. Come and see us. We're between Easterwood Drive and Park Avenue. If you're heading down Capitol Circle, look for us on the right-hand side of the road. You'll see our sign there on Sunday mornings. And also, don't forget to tune in every Saturday night here on 94.1 for the Saturday Night Gospel Sing, a full hour of great Southern Gospel music. And then the daily broadcast, Monday through Friday at 11 o'clock. It's the Gospel on the Radio broadcast, a daily Bible teaching of the Word of God. Brother David Geiger is my guest once again. I don't know how many shows you've done with me so far, but it's always been a lot of fun. Now, let's just look at this particular trip you took this time. You went back to South Africa. South Africa. You took the Jesus film with you and the solar projector. So you knew people. You had things set up. So you'd call the folks that you knew. They met you at the airport, right? No, I had no. to. Uh, I drove to where they were located. Okay. Now, this is a whole new twist for me here now. So you get off the plane in Johannesburg. No, not Johannesburg. That was another time. Well, I got off in Johannesburg and then flew to uh, near Kruger Park. Okay. And then at that point, you rented a vehicle. Yep. And you're then driving. Drove. You're yep. driving yourself. <laughs> With the GPS. Uh, yeah, I know that. Well, that's good. But I'm talking about driving in these foreign countries. Ooh. How you, you've done this before, I, I think. Yeah, I think I've been seven times now. Okay, now, are there. they on the same side of the road as we are, or are they different? Um, the U.S. is on the right side, and they're on the wrong side. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, they're on the left side. Well, you know, I, I, I said that one time to one of the, somebody, that they got offended about it. I said, no, we're on the right. I said, no, no, we're on the correct side, you're on the right. I said, no, it's too confusing for me. But how do you adjust to that? Well, it, you adjust very quickly. Do you? Yeah. Well, now, um, let's see. Jamaica at that time was on the left side. I think Ghana was, too. I, I believe it was. It was because it was a British providence. So it probably was. But I was in uh, Guatemala City. And uh, it's a long story. We had, we had rented a tour bus, but found out they did not go out of Guatemala City. So that just defeated the whole purpose. So that wasn't going to work. So we had to go to a Hertz to rent a van. Okay. So I'm standing here talking to this guy and he's talking to me in Spanish. I'm in English. Okay. Now I've got a guy with me who speaks Spanish and he speaks Spanish in English. So we were translating, going through that whole process. Mm -hmm. Standing in a hallway of this office building Translated, people walking in between us, all this kind of stuff. And finally, somebody walks by and he says, uh, and he talks to that guy in English. The guy I'd been talking to, supposedly in Spanish, through the interpreter with the people walking up. And I said, You know how to speak English? <laughs> he said, Yeah. Why are we doing this? He said, that's the, he said, I thought this is what you wanted to do. I said, uh -huh. I said Do you have an office? <laughs> and he said, Yeah. Can we go to your office and talk in English? <laughs> and so we got all worked out. So, but then, we're in Guatemala City, and it just happened to be a rush hour, 
and the van is in my name and I get out there and finally the guy, one of the guys is with me said, Pastor, you want me to drive this? I said, yes, very, very much. <laughs> now, that was rush hour, but it didn't get much better later. So you drove. So you just get in the car and yeah. take off. Right. <laughs> and like I said, you got your GPS, so you know mm-hmm. you got to get there. It's amazing. That works everywhere, doesn't it? Well, most places. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you drive to where you're going. Okay, mm-hmm. what happens after that? Okay, well, for an example, um, we'll have a meeting set up, and I may meet with the pastor at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and we have to be there at 5, okay. and then it gets dark at 6, and then we show the movie, and, you know. So you're just jumping right into it. Right into I mean, it. You get there, and yeah. we got a we got a meeting tonight. You hit the ground running. All right. Now, was that kind of more closer in for that first one? Uh, yes, and then some others were, you know, uh, an hour's drive down right. a dirt, bad road. <laughs> now, did you kind of have a, a team that went with you? Uh, mainly, it was the uh, my helper and myself, and then once we got to the location the other people knew where it was going to be and okay. so they just met us there so would you drive out to the remote location and then go back yeah to where were you staying with the pastors in the pastor's home or? no i was staying in a hotel about an hour away so i had to drive back at night uh, and it was that by yourself uh, right and you have to watch out for donkeys and cows and things like that <laughs> in the dark on the road but uh, you had no fear i mean you're in a strange environment uh, in a strange country you you didn't have any fear of not hijackers really. or no i it, uh, the lord just put a peace in my heart you know that he was protecting me so wow you just <laughs> you know if I, if i could describe david geiger to those of you who don't know him He's not a big man, <laughs> right? You know, I mean, he's he's, he's kind of mild, and then uh, and but you're going, and you're not, you're not, you're not, you're not afraid. I mean, that's that's amazing, right? And and it's interesting. I can meet with people wearing a loincloth, or I can meet with the representative of the president of the country, and, and they're just people, right? Right. You know. But it, but the thing about it is that has speaks a lot about your heart. Mm. Yeah, you know, not everybody's heart goes that way. But you're just you're a, you're a messenger of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So God should lead us on your heart. This is what I go do. Yeah. I present the gospel wherever yeah. I go, and uh, be it like you say to the head official or the guy in the loincloth. Yeah, here here's here's the gospel, and the scripture says, "Beautiful are the feet of yeah. them who." Take the gospel wherever it is that you take it to. All right. So now, have you ever had any place that you went to and they just totally rejected it? No. The only closest to that was I, I was I was on an outer island in Vanuatu at a a, a village that we actually had to we had to drive down a river. And then when the car wouldn't go any further, we had to get out and hoof it by foot and we crossed rivers multiple rivers uh how'd you, know, how'd you do that uh very carefully the rocks are very slippery <laughs> so so you so you those are there's kind of like a a path over the river to rocks that are no no, no you no. you you go in the river <laughs> up to your waist or chest really? or whatever 
Oh, bye. Uh, carry <laughs> things over your head. Snakes? We didn't see any snakes. I'm sure there were snakes there. Right. But when we got to one village, um, we met with uh, one of the, I guess he was the chief, and we're showing him how to use the machine. And there was another man visiting that happened to be in the village from another village. And it happened to be their uh, election time. And so they, people would go around village to village uh, promoting their candidate. Well, I don't know if this guy thought we were somehow politically related or whatever, but he came and said, oh, these men are liars. And, you know, really? in, in his language, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know. But anyway, we still did what we needed to do in the spirit of meekness <laughs> and uh, – but that was the closest to right. any opposition I've had in 25 years. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, uh, again, that's just the, the leading of the Lord that's, yeah. that's giving you favor, these places that you go, yeah. because uh, you, could, you could very easily get into a, a political situation to where. Well, and there's not really any law enforcement that I know of in some of these places. So people basically do what they want to do. Now, do you ever see gorillas? I'm not, I'm not talking about the animal gorillas, but I'm talking about bandits, that type of thing. Uh, I don't, I not that I've known. Uh, you know, I mean, possibly, and I just didn't realize. Yeah, sometimes it's that, better not to know. Yeah. <laughs> well, some of these places like Vanuatu, they were cannibals up until like 1964. So when I was a kid, they were still eating people. Wow. You know, and and I was here going to these uh, remote areas, and one village I was in where they were wore loincloths or a, you know a leaf or something like that. Uh, I had met with the chief who was also just wearing a loincloth, and told him about, through my translator about the New Testament player and you know would they accept one in his village and they said well if the young men who are up playing soccer uh, will accept it you know I'll accept it and so we got to where the young men were uh, playing soccer and when they saw a white man you know they all the game was over you yeah. know they just ran over to see what I was doing and I and they crowd around me and I was showing them how to use the machine and there were two different villages there playing uh, soccer and I only had the one machine with me I had another one back in my hut but a guy from each village got the machine and it was a tug of war oh, I mean they wanted it so badly wow. and I finally just said uh, I think it was the Lord leading me I had a coin and I flipped the coin and I said you know <laughs> your heads and your tails and one of them got the machine you know that they took back to their village and the other guy, I said, well, you know, come to where the village I'm at uh, tomorrow, which was Sunday, and I'll give you another machine okay. so you can take it back to your <laughs> right. village. Well, that man, uh, a year or two later, when I came back, I found out, and he was one of these loincloth guys, you know, that I gave a, yeah. uh, a loincloth to. But anyway, a year or two later, I came back and found out that he had taken that machine and he was going village to village. Oh my goodness! Playing the New Testament as as like a uh, evangelist. Wow! A loincloth <laughs> evangelist. Wow! But now, do you? I mean, I know you talked about earlier that that you have a pray the yes prayer of salvation. Right. But that's mostly when you're showing the Jesus. Film. Right. Now, what yeah. about these guys? I mean, well. A lot of times they'll ask me to speak, uh -huh. and so I'll present the gospel, you know, and have, whether it's a 
just a tiny group or a large group, uh-huh. and I'll have them all uh, repeat the uh, prayer to ask wow. Jesus to come into their heart. Man, that's 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 real missionary work there. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're you're getting the. I mean, you're on the ground floor of these people's spiritual yeah. life and development. Yeah, and uh, because what you talked about earlier that how that that you went and you showed the film and then somebody took the initiative to start a church and then yeah a bunch got, of churches yeah you got these churches yeah. that, that are going man that's that's just like the apostle Paul and his team when they were traveling all these places and and starting these churches and stuff that became later churches that we read about in the in the yeah. Revelation right <laughs> and I don't take any credit for that. It's it's kind of amazing to me just to see what's happened and and I don't I didn't try for that to happen I don't take any credit for it I I really believe it's the spirit of Jesus the yeah. Holy Spirit yeah. that made the changes in those people's lives Well God used you as just a, a faithful uh, vessel or vehicle that I, he's, I was just, he's a, just a vessel Yeah yeah. yeah you're you're just being faithful to what God has called you to do and uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, well, I, I say this a lot of times I, I, when I'm doing a, a seminar and stuff like that. I have an expression I call the fish of the future. And I say a lot of times when you start something God's called you to do, you don't see it all. But a lot of the people who are going to come along and help you are people that you're going to bring to Christ as yeah. you as you present the ministry. They're, the, they're going to be the ones that are going to be your right arm yeah. <laughs> that's going forth. And see, when you first heard from God, he says, well, you said to go take the gospel to the world. I'm not sure exactly how to do that, but I'll give it a shot here. Yeah, you didn't know any of these people. No, you didn't. Probably hadn't heard of most of these countries. No. In fact, a, a little anecdote was, I had some uh, frequent flyer miles on Continental, and so I kind of traced my finger on a map where Continental Airlines flew through the through that area of the Pacific. And they stopped on an island called Kozrai. I had never heard of that. I couldn't find any information on it. It was just a tiny place. So I thought, well, you know, I don't know any pastor there. You know, I don't have any referrals or whatever. I'm just going to call the uh, the phone company there. And so this lady answered, uh, you know, telecom or whatever. And I said, I'm going to come on vacation to Kozrai. And I want to go to church and meet a pastor there. And she said, well, there's a church right across from our building. And she gave me his phone number. And I and I called him just out of the blue and introduced myself and said, I'm going to come there and bring some materials. You know, I'd like to give them to you, you know, to distribute. And and he was like, oh, praise the Lord. You know, we've been praying about this. And, and that started a whole bunch of wow of things wow. not yeah. not knowing anybody you know and but, I just but, but went. he was praying yeah he was praying and and god connected the two of you through the inner spirit <laughs> because yeah this congregation was praying god sent us somebody and he sends you yeah and uh, here you go you, know, you you remind me uh there was a missionary by the name of john williams this is back in i got I'm, I'm not sure how far back it went but he was sent out by a missionary society and uh this guy was a had been a welder and stuff like that, and he, and, he, and they they said well, you can't have a ship. You, you're not allowed to have a ship, so so they wouldn't give him a ship to go to, from island to island. So he gets over there and he he sees some iron laying around. They say he builds him one, and he and he's, got, he's got this ship. And it's going around all the different islands, and the missionary society finds out he got this ship that you're not allowed to have a ship. So they took it away from him. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> and so now he had to wait. 
until somebody else come along, another ship, so they could go to wherever, wherever they wanted to go. And then one day he, he was in another island, and there was like a the, the frame of a ship that was just there. So he rebuilt it. Mm. <laughs> and uh, he, was, he was happy. And then the, the society said, no, you can't have a ship. Mm. So they took it away from him yeah. <laughs> again. But I know you remind me of that because he, he he would go to these different islands and stuff like yeah. that. And of course, in that days they were cannibals in some of those yeah. islands like that. Yeah, and just carrying the gospel, just doing you know using whatever resources you you have, just to go do. And uh, has there ever been a time when you said, uh, God, what's this all about? I mean, I mean, do you have questioned anything? No, I'm a pretty simple person, uh-huh. and. Uh, and I just figure that if God said to do something, you know, you're just supposed to do it. No questions right. asked. So. Now, what does your sister think about all of this? I mean, oh, she's for it. Is she? Yeah. I mean, does, yeah. She, does she ever worry about you when you go? Well, not that I know of. She probably doesn't <laughs> doesn't want me to know. Well, hey, I, I, my daughter. I have a daughter that uh, she was a traveling nurse, and so she said she'd go jump out of airplanes, you know, with, uh, where they're on somebody, you know, like that. Yeah. And they put her in a shark tank and they put her down in the water. I said, "Tell me about that stuff after you do it. After you don't, back. don't yeah. tell me what you're gonna. I don't yeah. want to know. And, and you're probably right. Yeah. I probably wouldn't want to hear some of these stories yeah. before you go. But uh, you know, the thing is, is that you you go in faith. That's an amazing thing mm. that you know God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a mm. power and love and a sound mind. You just go and say, God, where are we going now? Yeah. <laughs> and and um, what's next? You got. I, I haven't planned the next trip yet. I usually go at least once a year, so I don't know what my next one is. I was just thinking, though, you told me one time that you had gone on a mission trip, and you had an interesting story about that. I, I, I wanted to know if you could repeat that. I'm not sure which story you're talking it about. It was yet. one that had clouds of dust. I remember that. that. Oh, that was in, in uh, Ghana. And I, I went with it. I was the evangelist of traveling with the team, so I was doing the evening services. And we were driving down this road, and it, the dust was this red dust, and it was so thick, it was like we were going through water. And it, it settled in that van, it settled into my throat, and I got to where I couldn't hardly talk. And, uh, and you were the evangelist. So I would I'd get a microphone, and I would put it just as close to my mouth as I could get it, and I was trying my best. And this when you talk about having two translators, I have one on both sides. They were yeah. so good because I'm very animated when I preach. And so when I crossed the Jordan River, they were they were crossing the Jordan River right with mm. me, and, and we got through. But I became uh, it got down my throat when I when I came home. My wife took one look at me and she says, "Okay, we're going to see the doctor because mm. <laughs> I had an infection all down in my throat from from that experience." Mm. There's no telling what was in that dust. Yeah, that, that, that settled in on me like that. But uh, see, these are things that you face yeah. when you go to these things, the stuff that you eat. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. Have you, have you ever gotten sick? Uh, a couple times, which is, you know, compared to 25 years doing it, very yeah. seldom. Yeah, well, I've been I've been real sick sometimes with some of the some of the things that I've, I've eaten. Because my mission uh, experience has been very limited, and it really has settled in about two or three years when I was going to different places, uh, mostly with the Open Bible churches and stuff like that. Yeah. I really haven't had a quote a missionary uh, calling in my life, but I do appreciate missionaries, yeah. and I appreciate the fact that there are people who are willing to go and carry the gospel. And it's always fascinating to me to hear their stories 
of how God just begins to open up doors and things just right. kind of what you've experienced here. Yeah. You don't always know what it is God's got for you, but God will use the faithful. <laughs> and, yeah. I, and I've seen this, that God will use the faithful if you're willing to just hear what he's got to say. Well, Brother David, we're down to about, uh, about a minute and a half. You got a last statement to tell us? I would just encourage the listeners to, if God puts something in your heart, just step out in faith and Amen. do it. And, and it doesn't have to be an organized activity. You don't have to go open a, a orphanage or anything like that. Just do what feels comfortable for you. You might end up opening an orphanage, but maybe so. As, as God yeah. leads, yeah, you're just going to say, God, "Okay, God, I'm, I'm here. <laughs> you own all the cattle on a thousand hills. Yeah. You'll finance it. You'll provide." I'm just going to go. Yeah. That's what you did. Yeah. <laughs> well, I tell you what, this has been fun. I always enjoy having you here to hear these stories. But uh, we always close the broadcast out with prayer. Father God, I just pray as Brother David continues to hear the call of God. Lord God, you'd lay it on your heart, on his heart. And Lord, just let him be faithful as he, as he has. Lord, we know you provide all the needs. And Lord, we just pray over him that God, you'd keep him safe as he travels. So Father God, we do pray for all of our churches. And Father, I pray for each and every person who's listening to this broadcast today, Father, for them, for their families, a hedge of protection about them, Father God, if there be one out of faith, that Lord God, that you would speak to their heart. And Father, we pray for America. We pray for peace in this world. And Father, I pray for peace in the city of Jerusalem and the nation of Israel. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for coming to be on the show. Thank you very much. And until next Sunday morning, may the Lord bless you.